0: everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco and thanks again for being a part of this journey where we talk with people who are trying to live their most fulfilling life, which often tends to be on a much different path than it started out on. Whether it was from changing careers, getting laid off from a job which sparked their entrepreneurial journey, or breaking through the noise to answer their calling – all of these types of situations and more, but they wouldn't have gotten to where they're at today if they didn't get started. We talk about the why and the how of it all, all these getting started moments and the lessons learned along the way. I'm truly grateful to have you here listening along on this episode. So let's get it started. Hey, everyone, and please welcome in our guest for this week, Anna Parker Naples. She is a Hollywood award-winning audio expert, leading podcast launch expert, and online business mentor. She is a best-selling author of Podcasts with Impact and Get Visible. She helps entrepreneurs to amplify their message and stand out from the crowd. She is a British international award-winning entrepreneur and host of the top 1% global show Entrepreneurs Get Visible podcast. And I hope you all enjoy this wide-ranging conversation, you know, talking about her fascinating background and her unique journey to getting into podcasting. We talk a lot about podcasting, audio setup, those type of things. So, hope you all enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, my chat today with Anna Parker Naples. Anna, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to be here, Brian.
0: Yeah, and I thought we'd start off, uh, you have an incredible story, a lot of cool stuff you did. I was really fascinated with just, you know, kind of your stint or what you did as around being an audio producer and voice actor and stuff. And I really want to, you know, kind of dive into that transition as well. But can you start us off like, it seems like a lot of your life, your career has been around audio, voice, like, you know, that tool why is that a passion of yours? I'm, I'm just curious where that came it, from. It
1: happened by accident, Brian. Yeah. So as you're, you're speaking to me now, you can see that I am inside a professional recording booth, yeah. but actually this started off life as our airing cupboard where all of our linen and our pillows and blankets were kept. Hmm. And the reason that this became a home studio was because I was told 11 years ago to expect that I wouldn't ever walk again. Hmm. And I'm going to cut to the chase and tell you I'm fully recovered. Uh, I had three very young children and I thought my life as an actor was completely over. I thought the thing that I'd wanted most my whole life, the thing I'd worked for, trained for that I was talented at was taken from me. And at at, at that time, two things happened. One, I discovered neuro-linguistic programming and that I could choose how I felt about whatever situation I was in and therefore could make the most of a very difficult situation. And I realized that actually there were many things about my previous performance career that I didn't like, such as I didn't like that it would be very hard around my children. I didn't like the fact I would have to travel. I didn't like the fact that someone else was, would get to choose whether I was cast or not. And I didn't like the fact that most actors couldn't earn a lot of money. And had one of those wonderful synchronistic moments where someone had found my old voiceover demo that I made the week I left drama school, age 22. And booked me for a voiceover job. And despite being in a lot of pain and discomfort and very unhappy at the time, I pulled myself together and I went for that that booking. And they said to me, Well, if we'd known you were injured, we could have set you up for a home studio with the home studio because technology had, had by that point started to change. Home studios were just becoming a thing. And it was like a gift from the gods. I knew that I could take this and I could own it and I could. I could really stand out from the crowd with my voice. My whole life, everyone had said, "I want to listen to you. I love it when you're speaking." And I just, I just knew that around the children, I knew that internationally, I could become really well known for what I do. And so, so that's kind of my story. And flash forward from from that awful point right at the beginning. Six years later, I was in Hollywood, winning multiple awards for my audio audio work particularly in audio books and radio dramas and video games and at mm. that point I decided actually what really matters to me is to help other people on a mission to stand out from the crowd yeah um and that's uh, that kind of became a whole other story and that's oh, wow. you know why I help people to to get their content out there it's not not even about content get their message out there because I think it's really important
0: wow there's a lot to, lots to unpack there. <laughs> um, gosh. Well, let me ask this. Just my, I go where my curiosity goes right away. Yeah. So was your, your intent then when you were younger, getting out of drama school was to be a, what we would consider an actor, or actress, yeah. right? On, on screen, all that stuff. Did you even realize there was, besides just in the peripherals, like an actual career from a voice standpoint, like, or was that just second nature? Like you didn't even think about it until the opportunity came up.
1: Well, actually, I never wanted to be on screen. I had no interest in screen whatsoever. For me, it was all Shakespeare. It was all very dramatic and very, very serious. However, when I was at drama school, and actually most of the way through my life, people would say, you should do commercials. You could do toy commercials or you could, you could, I used to sound, I still do really, sound very, very young. And it was a chance, um, a chance encounter at an actor training studio that I saw that someone was going to be talking about how to get into voiceovers and this was in a in a time where to work in anything audio you had to go into a proper formal London studio that would cost thousands to hire Um, and I, I happened to do his workshop and one of the things that he really talked about was that unlike acting audio and voice was a business and that was my first taste of I could get behind that. But I didn't do anything with it because I was in my early 20s and yeah. I, I wanted to be on stage. And then then life changed and altered. And actually, I thank my lucky stars that I, I attended that event back in those those early days.
0: Mm. Can I ask for a minute, because you had mentioned something there in passing around understanding yourself more kind of understanding a lot of it from a mental standpoint right um how to to think differently how was that on you because I know a lot of folks go through this I went through this with like a career change I mean you're going from being a stage you know the stage presence that you probably loved and 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 breathed and lived to not being able to do that potentially with the um the potential disablement you mentioned how was that mentally? How did you get over the fact that you weren't going to probably do that anymore?
1: Well, I don't think I did. And that's why I had to find a way to make it work. I felt actually the reason I'd, I'd had a a three or four year um, stage break anyway, because i would become pregnant unexpectedly, which is a whole other story. I was about to play Juliet in a huge international tour of Romeo and Juliet. And they don't let you do that when you're pregnant strange reason so I, I always felt as a, as, a, as a young mother that that had kind of been taken from me and I had a bit of a hard time dealing with that and I, I guess I would be without noticing it it would creep into my language that it's not fair that this has happened and I never get seen for this and this can't lots of blame not really understanding I've made all these life choices because of course I had and I think When I saw the opportunity for the the voiceover work and the voice acting and realising that I could be at home with my children, I could be there for sports day, I could earn great money all from home, from my airing cupboard, even if I was disabled for the rest of my life, then suddenly these whole pathways of opportunity opened up in my head. And I think that's the important thing. It's It's not that they suddenly were there for me physically, but I started to see that there was potential to unlock. And I think that's very much about how I go about all of everything that I do now. Everything I do in business is how, what doors are there that I've not explored? Who do I have to be to open them? Does that make
0: sense? Oh, it makes, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Well, I think it's that as we evolve, right? As people, it's changing the the story in our head of what we think it should yeah. be and, and, Uh, To your point, I was kind of similar in that regard of like kind of the complaining, the like, nope, this is why why is it happening to me badly instead of changing the perspective like, hey, maybe this is a great opportunity. Because obviously, look what you're doing today. You wouldn't be doing that if you maybe didn't change that perspective on it, which is is interesting, you know? Um, So my
1: my first book's actually called, and we weren't really going to talk about this today, but my first book's called Get Visible. It's about how do you... How do you stand out from the crowd so that you can go on to do whatever it is you want so you can achieve that potential? And for me, that get visible part, yes, it's about being getting the right connections and doing the right processes and having the right strategy. But it actually starts with admitting to yourself what you're actually good at and what you actually want. And I think so many, so many times that bitterness and that resentment is because we're not actually admitting how much we want something. We're sabotaging ourselves so often.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Um, And I, I think too. I'm curious your thoughts on this. Like, it's almost like we don't want to respect what we come up with because maybe we don't think it's as glamorous, or other people will accept it. You know, like we might want to do something that we think is just you know outlandish. I don't know. Insert whatever that is. And that's what we really just drive for. But yet we have all these things that we put around us of, you know, my neighbor thinks this, or my mom's going to think this, or I, and that's kind of, I don't know if I can make money at it. And we almost put ourselves in a box of, well, let me go the safer route, you know, and yeah, it just doesn't sure. fill us that- up.
1: You know, like you say, it's, it's your mum. Sometimes it's the best friend from school that you haven't seen for 30 years. If I put that on Facebook, if I tell them that's what I'm doing, I'm going to be laughed at. I'm going to be right. shamed. And so much of it is down to that sense of belonging and fear of not belonging. It's so important.
0: Yeah. Well, so that's, you actually touched on it, which is always curious. I thought I'd ask now because you, you've written a couple books, right? Mm-hmm. Why, why writing books, you didn't have to write books, you were doing other stuff from the, the theatrical side. And why did you decide that book writing was a means for you to get out there? And, and and why did you want to write a book, I guess?
1: So there's a, there's a couple of things. One, I think that if you have expertise or knowledge in a subject, people listen, they sit up and notice if you have several things, one being a great podcast, and two being a great book. And the more of that I've, that I can create, the better. The other thing, in terms of why I wanted to write, I actually spent a lot of my childhood believing I, I wasn't a good writer. Mm. And the reason that that happened was because I went on a brownie, I don't know if you have brownies in America, but Brownie Girl Guide. Yeah. Uh, I went on a camp when I was seven or eight, and I was so excited because they, the, I'd been assigned to be on the newspaper, and I was a journalist, and I was going to be in print, and it was printed yeah. for the whole camp, and it was great. I was so excited, and I bought a whole stack of the newspapers to share with my parents when I got home, and I can remember writing up the next day's report when this youth leader came in behind me who had... Uh, I'd had to write an article about rifle shooting and I'd said that it would've been quite boring to start with because there was a lot of technical stuff that we had to learn it was boring I was I was 8 yeah and he he must have only been 15 or 16 and he didn't realize I'd written it he didn't know I was there And he crushed me. And I was listening to this, in my mind, adult, telling the rest of the room that this person should never be allowed to put anything like that in print and that they should never write again. And Brian, I I, I realized you understand all the blame and the stuff that we do. So for me, I created some massive limiting beliefs and I stopped writing little newspapers for myself at home. I stopped putting together the weekly magazine that I used to write. And I stopped writing. And so when I started through the NLP work that began to just really shift things for me and the mindset work, I realized that I'd got this story running in the background that I couldn't write. And so that getting my first book out felt like a real, I don't know, like a real, if I can actually do this, then I've let go of many of those demons from when I was younger. Hmm
0: can you share too, just the journey as much as you want to share on the writing process? Because again, this is something that comes up a lot in the podcast, you know, folks from all different walks of life, all different knowledge bases, everything that write books. And, you know, if you talk to, you know, anyone on the street, they're like, I I can't write a book like that person's way out in the, in the distance Mm -hmm. there. But can you share, like, it's something you could do. I mean, it's not out of the norm for anyone to write, right?
1: In fact, no, it's not at all. And, um, In the expert space, it does make a really big difference. It makes a huge difference to the amount of money that you can command because you have a book. It makes a huge difference to people wanting to reach out to you. And I'm a big believer that you can write a book with with minimal fuss, particularly if you're in this expert space. So both of my books have been written largely from things I have said on my own podcast podcast. I have said them out loud. I know, I know what I want to teach. I know the order in which it needs to be taught. I'm a huge fan of post-it notes. And many, both of my books, in fact, I'm working on a third one now, they start with post-it notes, different colored post-it notes all over the dining table, working out, well, what's the A to Z here? What's the route map? And often in, this, you know, in the expert space, often we've taught this stuff or we've worked one-to-one with a client on this stuff. Or we we understand the processes if we were to share that information. And so for me, once I'd got all of that mapped out on Post-its, I would think, well, what story? We learn through story. That's why podcasts are so powerful. What story do I need to tell to illustrate that point? Either my own personal story of of learning or challenge, or someone that I know who's had that challenge, or even a client that's had that challenge. And for me, as as, as long as the chapter has got the teaching points, a story associated with it, and some level of um, value or encouragement or motivation, then you've got an expert chapter there sitting there. So I then thought, well, where have I taught this before? What content have I got? I mean, you know, I'm a business coach, business mentor, where, what can I pull out from my toolkit? And where have I said that before? And often, for me, the answer is I've said it on my podcast. So we then just need to find those episodes, run them through a transcription service such as Otter. Otter Otter.ai is the one that I use a lot. And then it's not that that's it. Hey, presto, you've got your book. But instead of writing it from scratch, you've got the words and the stories you've actually already said out loud albeit in a spoken vernacular, which is very different to a written text. But instead of starting with a blank page, you're potentially starting with 40 or 50,000 words. So that you don't have that gaping hole of I've got to create the whole thing. Most of it's already done. And that's how I've done both of my books. And um, it just speeds up the process. And the other thing is, if you don't think you've said them out loud, well, start a podcast and think about each episode as as the chapter in your book because then you're you're double downing on creating content
0: Mm, that's a great point did you self-publish these books yourself or did you go through okay
1: Um, I did self-publish entirely the first one I got an editor and an inexperienced formatter and that was possibly my biggest mistake with my first book I've literally today just had it I've paid for um, with a hybrid publisher to have it completely reformatted, re-edited, so it looks the business. But getting the first book out imperfectly still transformed my business. Mm -hmm. By the time I did the second book, my business was in such a different, such a different place, such a different place that I could invest heavily at that point to have everyone else's support. But I created my own. They're both technically they're both self-published, even though I had. a hybrid publisher helped me with the second to get the formatting and the editing done. Uh, but it really isn't as hard as, as people think. You can get it done relatively easily.
0: Yeah. What, um, how did you transition? So you're a voice actor, mm-hmm. right? You would did that. Was podcasting always on your mind or did you no. just did it pop? Well, how did it pop mm-hmm. up in your head? Like, Oh, wait a minute. This is, this is unique. This is different. So I
1: was literally standing on the red carpets in Hollywood walking about as glamorous as you could possibly be I live in the UK six years before I'd been about as broken as any woman could possibly physically be with three very young children thinking my life was over so I'm then standing in in, on the red carpets in Hollywood which still even to this day blows my mind that I say that and I'm I'm at the top of my game so where can I go I'm fully booked for two years I'm going to be speaking for two years and yet I feel like I've grown so much I'm done And I felt really strongly, actually, what matters is this incredible six year journey I've been on from being unknown, obscure, depressed and dark to being here now. How can I help other people unlock this? And what I actually thought I was going to do was completely leave it behind, completely leave the audio field Mm. And I, I'm, I'm an action taker. So a few months later, I launched a business and not my first online business, which was focused on mums because I didn't know who else I wanted to reach. I just knew I wanted to reach people and it was important. And so I just got started. And again, I failed miserably, but I learned and grew as I went. Um, and it was only a couple of years. It was, but I was running that business for about a year. And I just didn't understand. I didn't get what, was, what wasn't working. I couldn't work out why my message wasn't being heard when I had such great intentions. I felt so purposeful mm-hmm. in what I was doing. And slowly but surely, people would come to me and ask me about podcasting. I had a podcast and it was doing okay. It wasn't doing as well as my, my second podcast, the one I currently host. But I couldn't work out why. And people were just asking me because who else in the entrepreneurship space had, you know, the recognition that I had, nobody. And it didn't click for ages. And then someone kept saying, you should teach podcasting, you should teach podcasting. And I was so resistant because I felt like getting my message out there was so much more important. And then one day I read a book about podcasting because I wanted my, I wanted my show to, much better and to accelerate and I couldn't work out why that wasn't happening when I knew my audio was so good and the book I read was missing so many important steps and so many important things about the audio that I I remember sitting in my dad's garden and saying I don't understand why someone hasn't written the book that actually helps people to do this why doesn't this really exist because what I was finding is you either got people who had stumbled on podcasting and maybe knew how to launch but didn't really know about audio or you got people who knew about audio but didn't really understand it as a business framework and I I literally sat there and I just went oh this actually marries my two worlds together my desire to help people get their message out there and help others unlock their potential and this audio background that I thought I'd left behind and so now I run the podcast membership, which helps hundreds of people to launch very successful podcasts. And we help entrepreneurs, high-end entrepreneurs uh, to to do everything for them. We consult with them and then we help them launch chart-topping shows um, in the agency, which is just, it's just amazing. But again, I, I guess I listen to my instincts the whole way along about what works, what doesn't and what I need to do next to change. Um, but I had no, no idea that I would be teaching people how to podcast. And I think the key point for me is that it feels meaningful. If I develop something or I'm doing something that doesn't feel meaningful, I can't throw myself into it. Does, does that make yeah, sense? It Makes
0: a lot of sense. Absolutely.
1: So and now I see, I see what I do is about, it's not, it doesn't have to necessarily be me that's helping others unlock their potential. I'm helping other entrepreneurs who, who need to be amplified and that feels, I mean, you know, we've we've reached millions of people as a result of of what we've done with with the things that I do in my podcast book and in my membership. And that feels kind of amazing. Hmm.
0: Yeah, you're more the guide on the journey. You're not you're not you yeah. know that, that hero's journey, as we hear a lot about. You're not the hero. You're making other people be that by giving them the tools they need. Right. To be better at it, which is awesome. Yeah, Yeah. All right. And that goes uh, back to your to... mission you mentioned.
1: I had this um, I had this kind of vision as I was standing there on the red carpets that eventually what I was going to do was help other leaders to help other people up the mountain whatever that mountain meant whatever right. uh, and that and and I feel very strongly that that's actually what I do with my business now. Yeah. We help people. You know, you know podcasting, you know, that someone out there will listen to your show and the thing that they listen to is exactly what they need to begin that catal- you know it's that catalyst for change. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's why we're podcasting, really.
0: Absolutely, and that's a great point to transition to. But I did want to double back quickly because I think it ties into what we're going to talk through around podcasting. Yeah. And it, it's a it's a subtle point, but around you mentioned the six years, come, come kind of you know the potential disability to be on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. Can you speak just a little bit? And this goes into podcasting the importance of consistency of not giving up after a week or a month or three months of not getting maybe the audience you think you should have. Can you just share your journey on consistency and why it's been so valuable to kind of keep pressing forward?
1: The whole thing about pod fade, which is where someone releases three, six, 10 episodes, and then disappears bugs me so much because if you're going to put all that effort and time and thought into doing something, Whatever you're doing, you're not going to see results overnight. That's not the way the world works. Yes, it can be quick. It could be in 18 months or two years. But really, if you're doing something meaningful and you're doing something that you really want to work, it's it's not about having that flash in the pan uh, result. It's about, like you say, consistency, consistency of message, consistency of showing up. It builds trust. You build, you build what you're really doing is building relationship and con- connection with every single one of your listeners every single time they tune in if they come back to you, which they might not, we're not for everybody, that's okay um, And I think actually with podcasting, we have this unique unique platform where if you launch well and potentially relaunch later on for when you get to special episodes or whatever reason you use to relaunch, you can reach incredible heights in the charts so you can literally be seen alongside the the megalithic giant is megalithic I don't even know if that's a word the the giants of the expert industry you you can be positioned alongside Gary Vaynerchuk or Marie Forleo or Amy Porterfield you can make those things happen with this platform however showing up over and over and over again is actually equally as important and this platform allows you to do both Without, without spending hours and hours and hours writing content, you're literally just speaking from your heart. It's not that hard.
0: (laughs) So let's go down a couple avenues with that. First, I'm, I'm more curious. There's no right or wrong here, but do you think anyone should start a podcast?
1: I think anyone who really wants to make a difference because... I think you 've got to have heart in it it 's got to have meaning for you because if it doesn 't have meaning for you that that and that change then you 're in it for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. because a podcast is and should be free value and if you 're giving free value and feeling resentful about it, one you 'll give up and two we li- I literally feel we talk a lot in marketing and, and uh, in the entre- entrepreneurship space about. Does that content resonate with me? Do I get that? Is it speaking to me? But when we're talking about audio, we literally hear so much more than just just the the words. We're hearing whether someone believes something. We know when they're telling the truth. We know when they're emotional. We know when they're avoiding something. We hear that. We feel that. And if you can't let yourself be open to do that, then I think that this isn't the best vehicle for you. Yeah.
0: And I would also probably t- you touched on something I think that alludes to this is around you know I've had folks that say like yeah hey, Brian I want to start a podcast because I you know I'm trying to you know get some you know a different revenue stream and stuff and I said well you can certainly monetize it but if that's your driver for starting at least my opinion you might disagree I don't think monetization needs to be your driver that may be one of the fruits of it down the road but it's got to be to your point you have to have some sort of vision with it, some passion around doing it. Because as you know, there's a lot of, at least I know from my side, you know, you might be a little different, but like, there's a lot of editing that goes, there's a lot of, you know, putting the show notes together, reaching out to folks, like a lot of that admin work that is not the sexy part of you and I getting to talk here, you know, but you it's got to be done if you want the show to be, you know, at least somewhat, um, you know, how should we say like professional, I I guess for lack of a better term.
1: Uh, I think even just showing up in front of the microphone. So, you know, anyone could create 10 episodes, 12 episodes, 15 episodes. But what happens when you get to 50? What happens when you get to 60 and you don't feel very well or there's something going on at home? And yet the value in, your, in podcasting is that regularity, is that consistency. Um, that hasn't quite answered your question so I've forgotten quite what. Well, what I was talking about monetization. About. Yeah, monetization. You know, <laughs> monetization. Like not so, having yeah. that as the lead in. <laughs> See, um, I agree. I don't think that you should be thinking about that right from the start. And actually, many people come to podcasting because they have a mission; they want to reach people. And I think actually, sometimes if you rush to sell, you're switching people off. Mm-hmm. And you can actually, you can really connect people, warm them up, nurture them and bring them into other things in your business. You know, mentioning your freebie, your lead magnet, taking them to your community and selling there. My personal preference for podcasting is that it it comes from the heart first. Yes, use it to move people somewhere else. But I don't want to stay listening to a podcast that's heavily selling at me. Right. I never do. Yeah.
0: Well, so we're doing video, obviously, with this as well as audio. A lot of folks just do audio. That's how I started off. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's start start there. Some of the do's and don'ts. Your expertise, your background with audio, the importance of at least having some sort of quality audio, any tips around what folks should think about with the audio of their podcast?
1: So I think the first thing I'd say here is a lot of people get really stuck on what microphone should I get? And the answer is... Get the best one that you can afford that you 're not scared of using, I personally don 't care if you have a USB microphone or an XLR microphone but if you if you get the XLR microphone, do you know what you have you know what else you 're supposed to be doing with it and and if you don't can you get the support to, to to work out how to fix it? The other thing I think is being aware of the space you 're recording in now i 'm recording in what used to be my airing cupboard which is now a booth you don't have to have this but you do need to be aware of the noises within your house and that that will change from room to room that will change from corner of the room to center of the room that will change depending on where the window is positioned that will change depending on whether there's hard floor or whether you've got lots of rugs and blankets and carpet so I would say that when you do decide you're going to podcast play around with your with your microphone set up play around with with list, you know recording in three or four different places the exact same piece of text and then see what it's like when you listen back which one sounded better which way did i sound richer which sounded like i was in the bathroom because these little things can make a really big difference and then the, the third thing is when you do have your microphone so many people don't know where the microphone is actually picking up their voice from. Mm-hmm. And that's really important because if you're not actually, so my microphone, whilst I'm not facing it directly, I know it's picking up my voice. It's, it's actually angled to pick up my voice. But I've got in front of me here, I'm actually holding another microphone called a Blue Yeti. Now this particular microphone, this one you've got, Brian, yeah. this particular microphone picks up audio from the front if you're, if you're speaking on your own. But so many people have it angled in front of them. And so the, the microphone isn't picking up the audio. So I think I'm always really keen that people get started with their podcasts because I come from that place of you have a message. If you, and I generally speak to people who feel very purposeful in what they do. You have a message. It's more important that it gets out there and you start imperfectly. But there are ways with this platform to make everything better mm-hmm. with just a few key Uh, a few key bits of knowledge and so I guess I sit on that that side of get it done but this is what you need to learn as well but this is these are the basics I wish as an audio professional that you knew yeah
0: well I think the, the 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 part to kind of circle is getting started right you can always change it you don't have to drive the Tesla today right you can start with just any old beat up you know you know, seven, 1975 sedan and just get on the road. And then eventually you can tweak and change. Like I've even had folks on the podcast that have, you know, they'll do their interviews with AirPods in and it sounds okay. Mm-hmm. I bet if they recorded an episode, it would sound pleasant enough where someone wouldn't turn it off. Cause the audio is that bad. Not saying you want to do that down the road, but again, just to get down the path If that's your big hurdle is buying a microphone. Well then use what you have internally at least my opinion on it. Now, some audio does sound pretty bad, but I think a lot of that is because, to your point earlier, people are standing, they're in a big room, you know, they're standing too far away, the microphone's not set up. Uh, at least that's what I've seen from for my experience.
1: I would much rather someone got started and had the knowledge to know how to do it within their budget comfortably to yeah. get started in the best possible way for where they're at. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I think, I think with podcasting, I mean, I started like with my first podcast, I started imperfectly. I didn't have a formal intro. I didn't have proper music. I would start the show randomly. I wouldn't be clear. And that got me rolling. And I, you know, I sit here now with one of the most popular entrepreneurship shows globally. I didn't start off knowing how to do all of those things. I, I, I started off taking a step to, to help me feel like I was reaching my people. And that's why I think it's so important to think about why are you really doing this? Why are you doing this?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You've got to go back to that all the time. Because I'm sure even with you, Brian, you've done a lot of episodes now. There must be times when you think, okay, we've got to do something for the podcast because it's inevitable.
0: Yeah. And I've thought about, you know, it's funny. I've I've thought about stopping the podcast, you know, on a couple of occasions. And what keeps me going is going back to that mission that there were mm-hmm. folks like me, you know, why I didn't start this for two years because of the fear and and uncertainty and and being scared of what other people thought. And that's why, you know, having folks like you on to share, everyone's journey is different. Everyone's path um, has ups and downs, but it's that you keep pressing forward um, and that we can all make it if we just put a little effort in and, and again, have that kind of passion, you know, the passion buckets overflowing with what we want to share mm-hmm. with the world, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and I think... From a business perspective, if you're not podcasting and and treating it it as though it matters, you are missing a vital component right now because it's growing exponentially. You know, I think in the UK, we've gone from something like one in eight people listening to one in three people listening to podcasts regularly Mm. every single week within the space of a year. But that blows my mind.
0: Well, it's a different, I think to, you mentioned earlier, but it's the content piece as well, that people, some want the longer form, some want shorter form, you know, where are you giving it to them? There's so many different avenues. And then what do you do? Like you mentioned, hey, I transcribe it, I put it into a book, like having the podcast, I've always thought that it gives you so many angles on content that you can put out for your business yeah. Not just around. Okay, I have a long form podcast episode. You know, there's so many things you can do with it versus just putting one piece of marketing content together. Like that only does so much. That's why pod, I, I at least think podcasts, especially for businesses, is tremendous. I'm surprised so many aren't doing it. Why they're why they've well, chosen that? I think that's not...
1: going to change over the next eighteen months. Well, there's it always the, the next... there's,
0: there's always the laggards, I guess that uh, that yeah. come later on down the road. To that point, how do folks? Or how would you recommend? I guess um, if they know their audience, what type of show they should do? Should it be a ten-minute episode? Should it be a longer-form interview? Should it be just them talking? Is there any coaching you can share on on the uh, structure? It, It
1: really has to go back to who you're speaking to. What does their life really look like? That absolute ideal listener. Who is that? And sometimes that ideal, that perfect listener is a few steps removed from your ideal client because you've got to reach them before they're at a stage where they want to work with you that if that kind of conveys well you've got to think about their lifestyle you've got to think about really what's going on for them when they get out of the car after they've commuted for an hour and a half how much time do they have to themselves is is your content the kind of content they're going to listen out listen to when they're in a home environment so if not where are they going to be listening and how so for example we've got someone launching in the podcast agency who specializes in helping men with sexual concerns and um, how that goes from how they feel in their in the boardroom they might be very successful in the boardroom but they're actually quite lonely they're quite cut off they don't have the relationship skills um, that they would like now they can listen to that podcast at home because they're living on their own potentially but if you have the same podcast that is aimed at the man who's in a in a marriage, he's not going to listen when he gets home, because he might not want whoever's around him to know that that's what he's ta- what he's listening to and consuming. And I think we have to remember that sometimes with a podcast, and I think not so much with business podcasts actually, but other other methods, other you know, be it health, be it nutrition, be it mental health, be it relationships. Sometimes the first contact that people have with that particular topic in any depth is the podcast that they're listening to. It's often a first step to finding out more than what Google has to say. And that's why I think podcasting is really powerful. And as a host, we do have a responsibility to keep showing up because we might be the person who's helping them on that journey
0: Yeah.
1: with however many episodes we've put out there.
0: So if someone comes to you and says... I don't know what I'm doing, but I need to start a podcast. Where are you leading them? What, what resources? What are some things you're guiding them to, at least to get started?
1: Well, we, we tend to send them to a checklist that we have, a podcast checklist, which, you know, I'm a big believer, although I can train people how to do it, I actually, sometimes you're not at a place where you're able or ready to invest, be it in a DIY membership or be it in in agency agency resources so we 've got a really comprehensive checklist of everything. so what you need to think about um, where what you need to think about in terms of the microphone that you buy in terms of what you do to record and edit, and then how you actually get your show up onto a host without necessarily using one of the free apps what why you would want to consider using one of the paid subscription services so that people People are really fully informed. And I also like people to think about, well, well, there's three things. What am I doing the podcast for, for myself? Why Why me? What am I going to get out of it? Because ultimately you have to be the one who's going to show up for a six months, a year, two years. What's it going to do for my business? Because if you don't remember that, you're not bringing in leads. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to think, what am I doing? because this feels like a, an activity that doesn't support my growth in other areas. And finally, what's the point of my podcast for the listener? Like, why are they actually tuning in? Because they could listen to a million other podcasts. In fact, nearly 2 million podcasts. Why, why me? Why are they choosing to come to me? What is it that I'm promising them? What am I delivering? What is it that I'm letting them into? What am I sharing with them to make them want to come back? And I think when you know those three things, It makes what you're doing so much clearer.
0: What do you think has been the most eye-opening part from starting the podcast or getting into that world to now? Like, is there one or two things like you just remember as like big aha moments of consideration from a podcasting standpoint? Put you on the spot, but... (laughs) (laughs) But
1: Launching, launching, launching. And that launching of a podcast is so important when you begin... And that you can build that into your podcasting model. So you could launch your podcast, let's say three times a year, and treat it like it matters. Treat it like you would if you were offering a new course or a new mastermind or a new service. And when you give something that amount of attention, that amount of weight, that amount of promotion, your podcast will grow. And when your podcast grows, so will the rest of your business over a period of time but if you don't prioritize the podcast then you don't get those results you don't feel like you're moving forward
0: would you say and I think when oh go ahead go sorry
1: and I think I think when you, when you treat it like it matters when you treat it like it's a core component of your business that's when you start to see the results coming through And the results aren't necessarily someone bought directly from something I said on the podcast, but that they might join my community. They might then book a discovery call. Um, They might then be really engaged with my email system, my nurture sequences. They might then buy my stuff. They might then go and, and share my podcast with somebody else. And it's often that kind of ripple effect from podcasting. It's not the direct monetization. It's the stuff that happens afterwards.
0: Would the coaching then, if I'm understanding, would you say put a line in the sand out a month, three months, something like that and say, I'm going to launch it then and then prepare whether it's doing 5, 10, 15 episodes in advance, getting your, your structure down, make sure you have those balls kind of yeah. in a row before you just on a whim, just say, I'm going to do an episode tomorrow and then there's no momentum.
1: Yeah, you've got to almost you know, seed, seed the idea with people, entice them, think about what, what's going to be different about that week that you're relaunching or launching. Why should people tune in? Why should they care about it? Because if you don't care enough to, to do that, what they're not going to care. And, and you'll, you'll know yourself, Brian, you can have people who've listened for ages and then something happens in their life and they forget. But if you can bring them back in and you can get yourself, re, you, get you re-energized as much as anything... And start to get more feed, get back, get more ratings, get more reviews, get more people saying that they liked your content. Well, then, then you feel better about delivering it as well. Well,
0: just one or two more questions, if I could. And it goes around visibility. So let's say they started a podcast. We, we got the momentum. We're putting out episodes. There's some consistency there. What are some ways folks can get visibility? is there certain things you found that have been more successful than another of actually getting out to the right people?
1: You've got to get on other people's podcasts. Are you being strategic on the podcasts that you go on? Are you getting in front of the people who would listen to your show if they knew about you? Podcast listeners listen to podcasts. And I think a lot of people forget that they're so focused on getting their own show done that they forget to go out and and find opportunities and alliances and friendships with other people who are reaching the same audience. Uh, and you're, you're never the competition because you are also helping the podcast, the other podcast host right. to, to put out great content. But if you're not prioritizing it, then what... So for example, under, in, in Spotify and in Apple or wherever people are looking, every guest, every time I am a guest on somebody's show, there's going to be recommended shows to go and listen to. Now, those recommended shows are going to show you every, every other show I've been on or that Brian has been on as recommendations. So if you're not doing that and you're just focused solely on your own podcast, well, what are those recommendations going to be? They're going to be someone else, potentially your competitor talking about a similar topic. I think in terms of visibility, you can really stand out in this field. Because there's still not enough entrepreneurs taking it seriously.
0: That's a tremendous so, point. So, yeah, yeah, I I agree. Uh, that's a tremendous point. And I think that's a, it also too, you know, what I found at least being on a, a handful, probably not nearly as many as you've been on, but is it helps you shape your voice as well, the story mm-hmm. you're putting out there, you know, and start to get you thinking more about your mission because it's not just on your podcast. Like if I'm interviewing folks. Um, I get to actually go out there and share that mission with the world. And it almost gets you to retool and rethink about it and and make sure you focus that vision. At least that's what i found has been helpful to get on other shows.
1: uh, Absolutely. And I think one of the mistakes I see people making as guests, this is one of the things we cover inside the podcast membership is that when they start being a guest on other people's podcasts they're so excited that they've been asked to be a guest on the podcast that they'll talk about all sorts of wonderful things which is great we love real conversation but it's also a business strategy so if you haven't talked about anything that demonstrates your expertise or or shares a story that's really going to resonate with those listeners you've missed you've missed a a real opportunity so I always think it's about It's about making sure what it is you you know what you bring to the table and you know that somewhere behind what you're talking about on someone's podcast, you have an offer that people will actually pay for. And I think sometimes people start podcasts without having thought that through. They so want to get that message out there. They so want to make a difference. But if you don't have an offer anyone's actually going to buy, how many people can you help forever for free? I can fair say point. that because I've been there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. That's, um, you know, I, I think being thoughtful is one of those things. It's, it's you don't have to know all, you know, you don't have to have all the pieces of the puzzle figured out, but at least you have to have somewhere of where you're going with it.
1: Yeah. So. And like you say, you refine as you go on. Yeah. You refine, you refine. But if you don't start, then you're missing an opportunity. Yeah.
0: Well, so I want to end on this This has been awesome, by the way, Um, a lot of the insight here, I want you to go back to so I'd like to do to kind of end the show is, you know, talk about, you know, a a piece of advice you would share with your younger self. Ironically, you write post-it notes all the time. Um, You said (laughs) you have them all over the place. So maybe you pick one of those up. Um, I don't know. But I like to say it has to fit on a post-it note. It's small, concise. But if you had to go back to your younger self and say, what's one piece of impactful advice, any life advice, that you think would help folks uh, kind of get on their journey a little quicker? What would you share with them?
1: I actually wrote this, I wrote a letter to myself just last weekend because I'd hit this four-year milestone from starting my online business. And I felt like I wanted to kind of look back and think, what did Anna then need to know now? I'm going to try and keep this as concise as possible. That's all right. But I basically said, thank you for having the determination, the tenacity and the foresight to trust your intuition. Because when you do that, and when you understand that in this space, whatever it is we're doing, with podcasting, with entrepreneurship, with wanting to reach people with mindset, we can make a difference. But there are going to be things you feel as though you failed at. But every time you fail, you sharpen those tools, you sharpen your desire to get that message out there and you get better. And if you don't have tenacity and you don't have determination, you can't learn those things. And if I had stopped to really think through, can I start an online business? Is this for me? What's everyone going to think when I start doing something completely different? I would never have got started. So do that one thing that you know you can do to take action as quickly as you can. And be imperfect.
0: Do you think one of those failing points you mentioned, you you did another podcast, would that be one mm-hmm. like, or there would yeah. be something else you shared of, hey, I failed and stumbled, but I got I kept moving forward over the last four years. Anything to share that shared? I launched an of-
1: entire business without knowing what a launch was. I launched an entire business without an expected people to start paying me without having built an, a, a social media presence first. I had no email list. We had something like 100,000 visitors to our website in the first month. and We had no lead capture. Hmm. We, I didn't know what those terms were. I was so green, so innocent, so naive. And I shed lots of tears. But if I hadn't made those mistakes, I wouldn't have learned quickly enough. Yeah. Because I had, to, I had to make it work.
0: And where can everyone find you online? Where's the best place to connect
1: I think actually probably um, I'm all over the place, but my, my show is Entrepreneurs Get Visible. And we talk there a bit about podcasting, a bit about how you get yourself out there on the social media platforms about launching, but that's probably the best place. Um, or if you are at a stage where you're, you're looking to podcast, then come over and find the podcastmembership.com um, and you can find me over there.
0: Awesome. And this was a lot of fun. This is uh it's hey, always fun. fun. You never know where these conversations go, but I appreciate you sharing a lot of your, your wisdom from your journey. So uh, thanks so much.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I hope you all enjoyed that great interview. And thanks again for stopping by the Just Get Started podcast. Uh, grateful to have you here. And if I could just make one quick ask before you run along on your day, you know, I've grown this podcast organically over the last three plus years and it's from the great listeners that pick up you know a quote or a key learning or just enjoy the entertainment of the podcast and they share it out to their audience. they leave a review on Apple podcasts whatever it is um, and I'd ask that for you as well if you've made it to this point and are listening in um, a lot of the podcast uh platforms that you listen on have a share button right there where you can share it out to your audience on various platforms so I would be so appreciative if you wouldn't mind taking a quick second to do that, um, if you really enjoyed this episode. So thanks again. I'm happy to connect online. I always love to meet new people. So if you want to go to my website, com, or connect with me, I'm at brianondraco basically everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, even Clubhouse, that new app that's out there. Uh, you name it. So uh, follow me online and uh, certainly look forward to connecting further I hope you all have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.